Hello and welcome back to Conversations at Jackrabbit Slims. And this episode, I am very, very excited to bring on comedy writer Courtney Cronin Dold. Courtney, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And you got some exciting projects on the horizon. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Sure. I've got a sink full of dishes that I'm going to be working on later this afternoon. And uh, and then I'll be taking my dog for a walk and maybe a nap. But uh, other than that, I think the only thing I'm really doing from home full time is um, just continuing to write my own material. And then uh, I have some articles coming out in Madhouse Magazine this month. I have one out right now. That's about Eddie from Iron Maiden marrying Ann Coulter. <laughs> That's a match made in hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one's out right now. And uh, so it's about a 45-second read. They're very short articles, and they're just packed with silliness, and it's very ridiculous. And if you're an Iron Maiden fan or you're not an Ann Coulter fan, or even if you are an Ann Coulter fan, I think you'll enjoy it. I tried not to be too mean. I'm not very mean. So it's just more ridiculous. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So yeah. I'll include a, a link to uh, to that article and Madhouse in the show notes. And, uh, Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, Courtney. Uh, one of the things I really like to do here is to uh, give everybody who guests on the show um, the exposure they deserve because you're taking time out of your day to sit here and, and chat a silly little movie <laughs> called Hell Fiction with me. I'm taking time out of credit. I'm so busy. I, I barely could fit you in this morning. <laughs> No, I, I appreciate being asked. I appreciate being asked because I like to I like to do the podcast. I enjoy it, and I and I enjoy this world of people that I have found over the last five years, where I have found my home. I found my planet. I'm finally home, and it is great. Oh, oh, absolutely! It's such a great community, and I know you uh you do the the pop podcast with Ken Mills, and Ken is such a good friend of mine uh, that I've met through podcasting, and it's just a joy every time I'm able to podcast with him. Ken has done a lot for me. He's a very important person in my life. He's done a lot for me. I, I owe him the world, and I love him dearly. He's such an amazing person. He truly is, and he also provided the artwork for the show, so uh, I owe him an extra little bit of thank you for that. Oh, he's so talented. You know what he did for me? I did a, I, I produced the, ro- Craig Gass, uh, the roast of Craig Gass over the winter in February, and uh, Craig's friends with a lot of musicians, so they did, like, little roasts, and I edited it together, and, we, you know, we had, like, a, a live show in Hawaii. And I did a David Lee Roth one, and Ken was the voice of David Lee Roth, and he was so funny. Yeah. And it came out great. Like, everybody loved it, and they were all like, who is the guy doing David Lee Roth? That was so good. I'm like, that was my friend Ken. Yeah, his David Lee Roth is great. His Gene Simmons is great, and I know Craig's. Yep. Uh, Gene Simmons is great too. Yes, Craig's also. Yep, they do like different genes. Like uh, Ken does the uh, gene trying to like whisper to you and kind of feed you info, and Craig does the arrogant, angry gene. <laughs> <laughs> the many moods of Gene Simmons. <laughs> the many moods of Gene Simmons. Yeah, and then uh, and then everybody else is on stage. Dean, you know, <laughs> like everyone can do Cookie Monster Gene. So yeah. Yeah, I'm a lifelong Kiss fan. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm I'm in and out with Kiss, but I came I came back full force after working on the Kiss Cruise. I opened for Craig Gass on the Kiss Cruise, and that just kicked me into high gear and with Kiss, and and that's how I met like a lot of you guys was from that. So yeah, Kiss is kind of like I guess the mob, right? You know, you can you can leave, but they'll eventually pull you back in. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're they're a hard band to like sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But something that isn't hard to like is Pulp Fiction, and that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Courtney, could you tell me a little bit about your your Pulp Fiction history? Perhaps, you know, the, your first exposure to the movie when you first saw it? Um, well, I saw it in the theater, and I was taking it, I think that's when I was taking the year off from school, it was the year before. And I'm not big on violence, like, I'm not huge on violence, which is why, like, the first time I saw Reservoir Dogs, obviously, which was my first, I was so high. And when that, <laughs> after the dinner scene, when, when it cuts immediately to Tim Roth bleeding to death in the car, I was like full of anxiety and had a massive panic attack and we had to turn it off. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, 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 by the way, I don't smoke the pots anymore, but this was in college when I used to smoke the pots. So I was so high and it just, I couldn't handle it. So, um. So I was like nervous going to see Pulp Fiction. I'm like, is there going to be like human suffering? Which I think is the most painful thing to watch is human suffering. Right. Which, which Quentin does so well, which is why his movies are so eerie. You know, mm -hmm. like someone doesn't just get shot. Like they get shot in a terrible place that involves a long bleed out with screaming. And, you know, they don't just fall over, which is probably more realistic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and probably, you know, he turns it up a lot. So I guess I just saw it and I liked it. I, I love Uma Thurman. And I thought that uh, I never thought John Travolta could be that cool. <laughs> and, um, you know, I liked it. I've seen it many times. Like, if it comes on TV, I'm like, oh, I got to watch this. Because I recognize a lot of the, like, the diner that they shot the scene in um, where the couple robs the diner. The Hawthorne like, Grill, yeah. Yeah, that's not too far from me. That's, like, over here in Hawthorne, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's really close to me. So something I've seen driving up and down Hawthorne Boulevard. It's like, oh yeah, there's that place, you know, because he, he used to live down here, I guess. So I live in the yeah. South Bay. So, but you know, I liked it. I'm not, you know, I like all of his films. I've seen all of them. I can't think of one I didn't, the the, the Dusk to Dawn ones I'm not really into because I don't really, I'm not really into vampires. Yeah. But I've seen them, you know. So I think I've seen them all. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, From Dusk Till Dawn was one of the more unique theatrical experiences that I had because, you know, in 2020, it might be kind of hard to grasp the idea that it wasn't really marketed as a vampire movie. So mm -hmm. we're in a full theater opening night and, you know, it starts out as just this, what, crime movie with Tarantino and George Clooney. And then all of a sudden, what, 30, 40 minutes in, it, it turns on a dime and <laughs> we've got vampires. And I remember that the audience was just like jaw on the floor. It was... It was definitely one of the more unique movie-going experiences that I've had. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, you did bring up, the, you know, Tarantino's use of violence. And as much as we're here to talk about Pulp Fiction, I want to say that one of the most effective uses of that was most recently in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that end scene where, you know, Brad Pitt encounters, uh, you know, the, the kids from Manson's crew and the one girl that just won't stop screaming after the dog attacks her. Oh. Like, that yeah. was just, that whole sequence is just, it's masterful in the way it was put together. But uh, I guess we'll save that for, for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was, the whole movie, I was like, when's the really violent part coming? I know it's coming. <laughs> when is it? <laughs> oh, there it is. A face smashed in a telephone. Oh, my God. 
Oh my god. Uh, so with Pulp Fiction, is there a particular scene that you look forward to when you, you know, come across it on TV or, 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 or watch it? Oh, I love the diner scene. Yeah. I love it. Well, I love her. And then, you know, of course, I think my favorite line in the movie is I said, God damn. I mean, that's like the greatest <laughs> moment ever. How like no one in the bathroom seems to notice or care that she's just doing full on bumps and, and, and very happy about it. Um, announcing to the entire bathroom how good her drugs are. No one seems to want any or care. <laughs> yeah, they're more concerned with fixing their hair. Yeah, which is which is so 50s, which is like kind of why that's so funny. Because mm. if that was like, you know, Hollywood, you know, when the movie was made in the 90s, and she pulled that, I mean, there would be hands in her purse, like, can I get some of that? And, you know, it would be, yeah. there would be a different um, outcome. But I love how it's like part fantasy, you know, and um, and it's also very romantic, I think. You know, there's sort of like this tease that she's off limits, but she's so sexy and flirty, but not trying to be. She just is. That's who she is. Right. And that's what I love about that scene. And and another thing I love about it, and here's, I think, what you will find fun, is I used to work at Barney's Beanery. I took a year off from school and college, and it was right before this movie came out. Or, no, it was either right before or right after, because Quentin Tarantino came in all the time. Oh wow! I, wait, I used to wait on him all the time, and he would he would get eggs and mashed potatoes with gravy, and he would play with the mashed potatoes. <laughs> and he was so nice and and really sweet, and he'd come in by himself a lot, and he was always reading a script or writing something, you know. And uh, and then sometimes he would just chill, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and then I learned later that the the five dollar milkshake is is a joke based on the milkshakes that we used to have at Barney's. They were expensive. And we had, I remember the waitresses, we made them and we made them in a big, like, you know, like the milkshake cup, like the silver, you know, like the metal cup to keep it cold. Then we pour it in the glass with a straw, put whipped cream on it. But then there'd be like almost another entire milkshake left in the cup. Yeah. So it was like two milkshakes. Right. And so I thought that was funny that that was in there and it was like a little wink at Barney's Beanery because that was his hang. And then, I don't know when From Dust Till Dawn happened. Was that, it was after Pulp Fiction obviously, it was right? a, Yeah, I believe it was 96 or 97, yeah. Okay, so he comes in another time at a booth with Joel Hodgson from Mystery Science Theater <laughs> and George Clooney. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, how are you? And then I almost went, oh my god. <laughs> And I think I was more starstruck by Joel because I'm such a fan of it. Right, yeah. You know, than, uh, than George Clooney, but that was kind of a fun table. He came in with lots of people, and I wish that I knew who, you know, more about, you know, his career and who he was and stuff. Like, I just knew he was the filmmaker guy, and I knew Reservoir Dogs, and obviously Pulp Fiction came out, and I knew that. But I, he brought people in a lot, and I'm sure there were, Lots of cool people that I can't remember. I couldn't tell you who it was, but I very clearly remember the Joel Hodgson, George Clooney incident. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, was Quentin, quote unquote, on every time you were there? Like, did he do the animated hand movements when he ordered? No, he was really <laughs> quiet and he was so nice. And he used to have a crush on one of our waitresses, Kelly. And they used to talk and stuff. And I remember she used to call him Quentin. She's like, oh my God, Quentin is coming in t- again today. You know, and 
I remember one time there were there used to be a wall that separated the bar from the restaurant because everybody used to smoke in there, and that's a whole other exciting story. He used to go in there. But um, I can tell you every alcoholic that's on TV right now, they used to drink in there. Uh, mostly the guy from Breaking Bad, the DEA agent guy, Hank, that guy, he was always in there drinking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like all the time. And so was the guy from Pulp Fiction, the guy um, – Oh, who's the hick? The guy who owns the the pawn shop. Oh, Zed. Um, Zed. I, for, I forgot the actor's name. Uh, he was in the mask as well with Jim Carrey. He was there all the time. I almost think Quentin Tarantino met him there. Yeah. I seriously wonder because he was there all the time. I saw that guy almost every day. And uh, but one time I caught him sneaking a kiss with her around the corner of the bar, and they just did like a little peck on the lips, and I was like, "Oh my god, what was that?" <laughs> so he was like our favorite customer. He was a good chipper. He was super nice, and um, he was animated when he had people at the table. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But but by himself, he was so chill. Oh, that that is awesome. I I had no idea that uh, we were going to have a, a Quentin Tarantino interaction um, when we sat down for this conversation. So that's very cool. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. He was my my customer for like for, for I worked there for like a year. Yeah. So when you were making those milkshakes, let's say after work, you're making one from yourself. Are you going uh, Amos and Andy or Martin and Lewis? <laughs> oh, uh, both. I, I would go off and on. I switch back and forth because I love both. Okay. Mix the two together. So chocolate or vanilla, I get it. Uh, yeah, do both. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. So um, we 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 keyed in a little bit on your on your favorite scene and and the violence, but uh, can we talk a little bit about the comedy in Pulp Fiction and you know how unique it is? And the comedy isn't always obvious. So something that I might laugh at, you know, might make the person sitting next to me look at me and say, "What are you laughing at?" Well, I think the funniest scene is when Vincent actually accidentally shoots the, the Marvin, the kid, yeah. in the head in the car. Yeah. I mean, that is so funny. It's it's gory, and it's disgusting, and it's very tragic, but thank God they never show his blown open head or that they'd lose the funny. Yeah. You know, the fact that they just show, you know, cleaning up the mat, and then brains, um, <laughs> brains on their face. <laughs> But that's the funniest part to me. I, I that makes me laugh. It's so funny. The first time, first you go, <gasps> and then you start laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's a hard thing to pull off, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, you mean to make that funny? Yeah, yeah, totally. Very hard. Very, yeah, shooting a kid, a young man in the head in the face by accident is terrible, but it's it is really funny. It it is funny. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of moments in the movie that are just so like, you know, so subtle in terms of the the comedy and, you know, it's something you might not even pick up the first time you watch the movie and that's what makes this movie so rewatchable, you know? I mean, I think if we're looking at just funny moments, overall the Lance character uh, that Eric Stoltz plays oh. and 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 his wife Jody, uh, played by uh, Rosanna Arquette, the two yeah. of them. I mean, it's just constant funny from the two of them. Yeah, that actually is a very funny scene. I'm just not a huge fan of the second scene with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's the violence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's very funny. 
they're just like the unlikely pair to have the best heroin in town, I guess. But I don't know where to buy heroin. Maybe that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's funny because when they were casting that movie, Tarantino knew he was going to take a, a part in the movie, and he was originally going to play Lance, the the the, the drug dealer. Oh, okay. Um, but he ultimately decided that he wanted to be behind the camera directing that scene. So mm-hmm. he didn't want to, he didn't want to be, you know, an actor. Um, so he ended up taking the, the role of Jimmy, uh, at the end of the movie. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to watch the movie and, and think of the alternate, you know, reality where Tarantino did play Lance. Oh, that, that would be interesting. But I mean, I love, I love me some Eric Stoltz and, uh, yeah, he was funny. I yeah. didn't really think about that as being like funny. She's funny with all her piercings and being like, <laughs> you know, yelling at him all the time. Like that, that's hysterical. Yeah. But- and you know what's funny in 2020? I mean, it, it wasn't funny in 1994. I mean, I think overall this, the scene is a little funny, but, but when, when Butch crashes his car into Marcellus, um, in the gang of onlookers, we have Kathy Griffin, who, yeah, that's <laughs> you right. know, you know, yeah, in, in, <laughs> you know, like I said, in 2020, Kathy Griffin is, is pretty known and, you know, she's mm-hmm. known as a comedian. But in 1994, I don't think she was on a lot of people's radar. No, but they were good friends because in her comedy special, she talks about it. Oh, really? Yeah. She talks about how her she's really good friends with him and how she brought him to her house once to meet her mom and how he was so cool that he gave her that part. And uh, yeah, she talks about him in her, one of her comedy specials. Oh, I'll, I'll have to look for that. Mm hmm. And then also, um, you know, another comedian that pops up at the end, we have Julia Sweeney. That's right. At the, uh, at the junkyard. And, and that's always, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's a funny, a funny sequence, you know, where Harvey Keitel pretty much tells the, the Jules and Vincents to move out of the sticks. <laughs> but, yeah. um, uh, I believe that Tarantino and Julia Sweeney had some kind of relationship at some point, And he did, from what I understand, an uncredited rewrite on the It's Pat movie. Oh, that's interesting. Well, she and Kathy are really good friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kathy plays her, her girlfriend and it's... Oh, no, no, no. Dave, Dave Foley does. But <laughs> Kathy plays the crazy neighbor in It's Pat. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, and they came from the same like group. There was a comedy show here called The Uncabaret. And every Sunday night at seven o'clock, it would be uh, David Cross, uh, Julia Sweeney, Kathy Griffin, um, Judy Toll, who's no longer with us, and um, Taylor Negron, who also just passed away. Oh my but, goodness! Yeah, he was so you know, so talented. Yeah, and David. Uh, did I say David Cross? Bob Odenkirk, David Cross, Greg Barrett. They were there every Sunday, and I'm wondering if that's how Quentin got to know them is because he went to Luna Park and and went to that show because they were all always there. Yeah. Andy Dick, too. They were all there, always. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because I used to go. I used to go all the time. I used to do their radio promotions on the on the theater radio station because I was so obsessed with that show. I went every week. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, an upright Citizens Brigade or something? It was alternative comedy, meaning it wasn't your usual stand-up. Everyone went up with notes or they told stories. Okay. And uh, at the time, Julia Sweeney was had cancer, and she was doing all this material about her cancer before she did her one-woman film about it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she was working on all that material then, and Kathy was working on material about getting fired from the Groundlings for sleeping with her students. 
<laughs> and those things I remember clearly. I remember David Cross, we used to bring weird books that he'd find at used bookstores and, and bring them up and make fun of them. <laughs> I uh, actually I actually met David Cross a couple of years ago at a used record store in New Jersey when I was living in New Jersey. So uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. He, he must like used items. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I, want, I wonder if that's how they uh, met. You know, it was from that show because they all were like a group, the Uncabaret people. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, hopefully, um, I mean, thankfully he met them because I think they add to that movie. Um, I've talked with other people for the show about, you know, how every bit of casting in this movie is perfect. And even those little roles um, mm-hmm. in an, in another movie, those might be, you know, throwaway parts. But, you know, here those are characters that really, you know, contribute to the overall feel of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's true. I forgot about Julia Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. So this was a really, really fun and informative discussion, Courtney. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I had a, a great time chatting this with you. Are there any final thoughts you have about Pulp Fiction before we uh, wrap this up? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know what else I would say. Yeah, um, no, no, you said plenty. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I just figured I'd give you the last opportunity. Yeah, no, I just, I like it. It's a fun movie. Um, although I'm not interested in Bruce Willis's story at all. You're not the first one to tell me that. Yeah, no, and I know he's necessary because it ties it together with Marcellus and the end and the whole thing. But I, I still, the scenes with his wife, I just want to put my fist <laughs> in her forehead. She's so annoying. I don't even know why he didn't just kick her off the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> I know she was hot and everything and very cute. I just like, oh God, get rid of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it, it's funny, Courtney, because like I said, you're not the first person to tell me that 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 those sections of the movie are not, you know, are sections that that people do not enjoy when they watch the movie. So, right, but then they pay off big time. Oh yeah, they, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they big time pay off, which is, I get it, but, you know, and she's supposed to annoy us. I get it, you know, so, but that, anyway, that's it. So thank you. This was very fun. And now I feel like watching the movie again. <laughs> All right. Well, excellent. Well, uh, when you do enjoy and uh, Courtney, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk next time. Okay. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg.